Welcome to the Harvest Sound Podcast, for music and mission, truth and prophecy, creativity and compassion merge as one. Good morning, everybody. Uh, let me see where. So we, we are on part three of a series on brokenness. How many of you guys have got something out of it? Well, we're going we're gonna to finish you off this morning. So you'll be set up for bounty and blessing and everything that comes through the process of brokenness. Um, you know, we, I want to give you a heads up. This is something we've been talking about. Courtney had a brilliant idea, which I think we should get ready for. Um, so some of you guys remember last year, we were able to do a great exploit right in the middle of COVID shutdown when nothing was happening. And the Lord uh, allowed us to do, um, was it 24 hours of worship in the Ryman? And it was called Pure River. And it was like 48 different bands of every genre. It was, it was really a phenomenon, the way it came together and how profound and beautiful it was. And with the, th- the theme of forgiveness right in the midst of all the hostility and division in America. And you can still check it out online. Just go to Pure River, part one, part two. Each one's 12 hours. And there's all these, you're not going to believe all the different artists and, and profound testimonies. And God really, uh, we felt the favor of the Lord. We felt the... The, the grace of God to, to go through this and to literally lift up a praise and send in the musicians first when uh, our nation is surrounded by overwhelming enemies on every side, it felt like. still does in some ways. However, we know that the word of God does not return void. And it came from Second uh, uh, Chronicles chapter 20 when they send in the musicians. Jehoshaphat gets a strategy when they're overwhelmed with enemy opposition. It says, send in the musicians and uh, lift up the name of the Lord, to declare his praise. And then we know, you know the rest of the story, how the Lord himself rose up and fought the battle. And we believe there was a transaction made even last year when we released this praise, when it looked impossible, that, that God is going to rise up. God's going to do something in our nation that's going to be remarkable, that he'll get, he'll get the glory. It won't be one man or, or, or one uh, political party or... or I just believe God is on the move. He's working behind the scenes right now. And he's setting us up for one of the greatest breakthroughs we've, we've ever, we've not even imagined. Let's put it that way. It's beyond words what's coming. I believe that. And um, so here's what Courtney said. Hey, we need to remember, you know, what God did. It was so, we all kind of walked away from those couple days at the rhyme and like, wow, what was that? Like the precision of the Lord and how everyone just flowed together in concert and unity. We were, we were just all, it was remarkable. Like we just knew the Lord is with us, empowering us to do such a strategy for our nation in these times. And so we were thinking that we're planning to do uh, 12 hours on the 21st, which is a Tuesday, September 21st, right here in the foundry, a pure river right here, just remembering, calling on the Lord's promise, what was already said and done, but just to, to you know, he said, "Why didn't well, you're not going to get the full victory unless you, you hammer those uh, those uh, arrows into the ground like five times." So we we just want to keep driving the stake in, saying, "God, you gave us a promise, and you gave us a transaction that was done." And so we're gonna we're looking at it might change slightly, but what we're looking at right now is 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. 
of 12 hours of worship and prayer on behalf of our, our nation on the 21st coming up. It's a Tuesday, and uh, so we're going to put together teams and a flow. And if you want to be part of that, man, get ready, get ready. It's going to be extraordinary just to be able to, to call, God, uh, call the promises of God to remembrance, remember what he did. So many times all through the scripture you can see how Abraham and, and the fathers of our faith would build a, a memorial, would build an altar in remembrance what, what, what God has done delivering them and making a way when there was no way. And, and I believe that uh, we have to do the same. We have to remember the breakthroughs, remember the promises, remember when the Lord shows up, when it looked impossible, because not far down the road it'll look impossible again. And then you got to remember, wait a sec, we've been through one impossibility, two impossibilities. You remember the history, your history with God, and you pull that into the future, and you, say, and you bring it into right now, and you say, hey, he has delivered me. I talked about this last week. He, he is delivering me, and my hope is set on the fact he will continue to deliver me. And that's what I believe we can pray that over our nation right now. Amen? Amen. Amen. I got water here somewhere. Yeah, I, I, took the, I took the red-eye flight in this morning. That's a joke. I got, some of you guys know I got, on, was it Friday? I got like allergies. My eyes were like totally red. I got a little bit left, but I'm, I'm almost there. Thank you for your prayers. I'm getting better. I can still see you. <laughs> I think I can still read my notes. Let's see. All right, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the power of just knowing you and making you known. What a privilege, Lord, in this life, Lord. We thank you, your mighty God, a merciful King, the Holy One of Israel. What an honor, Lord, to walk with you. Lord, we just thank you that we can understand your word and therefore your ways, and that therefore things are not so confusing to us in this life because a walk of faith stretches us, God. You know that. But you, you stretch us and you, you mold us and you shape us into the image of your son, Jesus. And help us understand your ways as we study brokenness, we pray this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So just a fast review. We talked about the first session. Man, I got a lot of notes on this. <laughs> this could be a small book. Um, we talked about the life of Job and how he went through some pretty extraordinary challenges, some brokenness, uh, and uh, then how he began to justify himself, even though we talk about, in the book of James, talks about the patience of Job, but we don't understand. Also, if you dig a little deeper, all those 40-something chapters, I mean, there's also some obstinance of Job and some self-righteousness of Job and a lot of things were coming to the surface. How many people know things come to the surface when the pressure's on? When you get squeezed, we see what's really in us. You know, we're all just a tube of toothpaste, right? I, I, I always am amazed how people squeeze toothpaste differently, you know. So my wife, for some reason, she does a lot of things amazing. Like Usually I'm the one that's messing up the whole house, you know. But every time I come back to that tube of toothpaste, I'm like, who squeezed it at the top? And all of it's at the bottom. I'm constantly having to, you know, you get down and you have to push it back up, like, you know. So, well, God knows how to squeeze us. He doesn't mess us up, okay? And, and he's always got good results. He always gets what he wants out of us, right? 
It's not just who left the, the lid off the toothpaste. It's how do you squeeze it, right? I know it's you, honey. There is no one else. <laughs> Unless Daniel's lurking in our bathroom. I don't know. You, you never know, really. <laughs> hey, I don't know if you guys heard the good news, but Emily's coming back. She'll be back, uh, I think, mid, mid-October. So we're really excited, and God's making a way. It's just an extraordinary story. Again, I always tell her, honey, you live a charmed life. It's like every, I watch God just move mountains for her and do wonders, and it's amazing. But here's the reality. We all live a charmed life. I mean, your Heavenly Father is doing exactly what's best for you. And sometimes it means brokenness. You're like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> No, he, he squeezes stuff out of us through the tests, through the trials, through the tribulations. So let's, uh, so I'll, I'll skip part one. We talked about Job. That's very fast summary. <laughs> part two, we talked about how, um, how, how we're beaten small. That's is an interesting way of describing the incense and, the, and the, um, the spices that were required to make the fragrant incense that was before the throne and, um, and how they had to finally ground those spices. It had, you know, there's, there's a refining in all of our lives that actually, the, it feels like a reduction. You ever felt like you've been beaten small? You're like, it was like, God, you're just diminishing me here. Like, you're finishing me. It's like, you know, sometimes we have to be dismantled to be remantled. You know, it's got to take some old stuff off to put new stuff on. And we've all been through those processes, right? And... Um, so we see how God works through that kind of brokenness, but, but also that, that um, brokenness, that process, it, it sets us up for breakthrough. How many people have seen amazing God story, biblical epic stories of breakthrough in your, in your own life where it looked like, man, if it hadn't been for God that was on my side, I wouldn't even be here. I wouldn't be alive. Some people got those stories big time. Right and God's sustaining power and His faithfulness and and so it's the break the brokenness sets us up for breakthrough. So we touched on that. I'm just very quick review because I'm going to get right into part three. So you ready for this? Part three, uh, starting with point number one: brokenness produces blessing. How many people want to be blessed? Well, we have to understand that sometimes God breaks us to bless us. It's, 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 it's uh, required. Uh, brokenness begets blessing. You look at just a couple Bible characters. You can look at, at Joseph. He started off really blessed, favored son. Everything seemed to be going his way. His father chose him and, and had favor on him and gave him the, the coat of many colors. And, and uh, he's had dreams, visions of grandeur. grandeur. <laughs> and um, all this stuff is, is transpiring. But then... The breaking process, and you're like, what? Where he's betrayed by his own family, his brothers, and slavery, and then finally into, into prison, and it's, it's not looking good for him. But overnight, sometimes it's an overnight, sometimes it's a suddenly of God where you can go, man, have I been forgotten? Does the Lord remember me? And then, boom, everything starts to shift, and he was set up second in charge of all of Egypt overnight, just boosh. And all of those dreams and prophecies that he had had as a young man started to come true. Sometimes God does a slower process. Sometimes it's a suddenly, it just makes your head spin like only God could have put this together. 
And, um, and your life starts to make sense. You're like, oh, all that I've been through, all the processing, all the, the, the times of disappointment and broken heart and broken dreams and stuff. And God doesn't waste any of it. He's a perfect father. The Bible, Jesus said, be perfect as your father is perfect. You know, um, there, there was a time, I've, I haven't told this story in a long time, so some of you new guys would probably appreciate this. But there was a time when I was a brand new father, okay? And um, I'm on a plane flying with uh, little baby Emily, and Sarah's right there. And, and we're, we're having, you know, I'm like, wow, Emily's doing amazing. She's not, we were a little nervous, you know, first time parents going on a plane. This could be, a, we've seen those babies on the plane, you know, it's like, this could be really rough or it could be good. And she's doing amazing. She's not crying. She's just behaving herself. Everything's going great. And then uh, I, I start telling Sarah, I said, hey, honey, you know, um, she's really, really got long nails, you know, like, that's, like look, at, look how long those nails are getting, you know, like, don't you think we should do it? And she probably, no, and Sarah's probably like, well, you know, we don't have to do it. No, I'll do it. Let me do it. I'm going to fix that, you know. So I start, I start, uh, I'm doing good, you know, number, first one, great, two, three, somewhere, to, and all of a sudden, I just, somehow, I just cut a little too close, and I, and, and I remember kind of, I didn't really notice, except I saw, all of a sudden, I saw little baby's face turn red, like, <laughs> I'm looking, I'm, then I look down, and I see red on the tip of her finger, like, oh, no, and, I'm, and it was just this, this you know, Five-second delay where you just, everything was turning red, including my wife's face. <laughs> and all of a sudden, explosion of, of uh, she's just in agony. I clipped a little too close. It was like, it was, I, I felt terrible. I was like, I'm, I'm the worst, worst dad ever. I'm going to go, can I hide under this seat, you know? And then, I, and then she's crying and screaming. I was like, what'd you do to this kid? And my wife's looking, looking at me like, wow, you don't, you don't want to see that look. What have you done to my baby? <laughs> you beast, <laughs> or whatever that look was. But <laughs> anyways, she, she survived it. Her, her fingers are beautiful. She's okay. <clears throat> so all that to say, God does not do that to you. He doesn't clip, clip you too close by mistake. He just doesn't. He's a perfect father. He knows exactly. He doesn't go, oop, I made a mistake on that one. Oop, sorry, Eric, you know, just didn't mean to, you know. It's like, he, he, he knows exactly what he's doing. His timing is perfect. He's a, he's a loving father. He's a perfect father. He wants to bless you. He wants to set you up for blessing. And he also disciplines those he loves, as a good father does. And so we see David's life, all the disciplines he went through. You can see someone like Saul, who really wasn't disciplined. He just... He just got the will of the people. They're like, we want a king and we want it now. You know, pick the big tall guy. You know, it's like, you know, he's just, he was instantly made, you know. And, and, and then he suffered the consequence and the whole nation did because he wasn't disciplined. He wasn't pruned. He wasn't broken. And it began to show. Okay, so um, here's one, one thing I want to say before we go any further. Have you thanked the Lord? Do you have the wisdom, the concept to thank the Lord for the breakings that you've been through. You know, to just, just say, Lord, I, I, I trust you. And that, man, that one hurt, or I sure don't want to go through that again, but I see your wisdom in it. I see what you did, how you transformed me, how I learned to depend on you more through a breaking process, through something that maybe didn't go your way, 
But you look back and go, oh, wow. Am I ever glad Father God was watching out for me there? Okay, so out of great breakings comes great blessings. And sometimes the greater the breaking, the greater the blessing. We might not want to hear that, but that's sometimes the way it literally works, where we come out of it so transformed. And so I just want to touch on that real quick, that God wants to bless you like a Joseph, like a David, and set you up into your destiny and your purpose. But he doesn't want us to be a Saul. He wants us to be a well-trained child in the ways of the Lord, understanding the ways of the Lord. And, And once we have understanding, it's extraordinary how you can endure when you don't have understanding, it's pretty rough. It's like, I mean, God, have you abandoned me? Are you, are you just picking on me? I mean, how come you let them get away with that? You know, all these thoughts will go through our mind. But when we understand the ways of the Lord, it sure helps. You, you ever been in a place, a state of confusion and pressure on you, and the devil's telling you to give up, and, and then all of a sudden you get a word from the Lord, and you start to have understanding. You're like, oh, for that I can, I can do it. I can understand the ways of God, and, and, you, and you begin to, to relax and trust and watch God deliver you time and time again. So this, broken, uh, this brokenness, point number two, it brings multiplication. How many people want multiplication? Be fruitful and multiply. It's part of our destiny. It's part of the, the very purpose of mankind in the earth. <clears throat> Just speaking of multiplying, like... Um, Right before a woman is going to give birth, there's a breaking. The water breaks, and it's a sign, new life. Yes? And so uh, it brings forth new life, the breaking. And you can see all kinds of patterns through this. Um, And let's take a look for a moment from Luke chapter 9. And we can see, we're just touching a couple. I'm not going to go deep into this story, but just a few portions of it where Jesus feeds the 5,000. It's an important story. It's repeated in almost all the Gospels. And so, talking about miraculous multiplication. And just a simple way of looking at this is we see that, you you guys are familiar with the story, I'm sure. Um, There's multitudes that have gone out and they're listening to the teachings of Jesus. He's doing miracles. They're following him to the point where they're, they're just like, you know, forgot about food. They're just like, I mean, talk about being enthralled <laughs> with, with a man's teaching. Like just, man, we get, you know, to the point where they're getting faint and Jesus getting concerned. Hey, these, these people don't have food at this point. This is going on a little too long. We need to figure this out. And so they scan the place and they come up with only one lunch. And, uh, or at least one, one person is willing to, to give it up. I think some people were stashing some stuff, you know, and they had some, 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 uh, some things that they weren't ready to hear. Here you go, my final piece. But that's just my opinion on it. But anyways, they find one kid, one boy, uh, who's willing to give up the, his uh, five loaves and two fish. And, um, and so we, we see here that Jesus, first of all, I want just one thing I thought about how he gets... Before the miracle happens, he has this extraordinary administrative thing happen where he says, let's get all these people, 5,000 people. This must have taken a while. Well, people are hungry. But he says, let's get everybody without a PA system, everyone sitting in, in groups of 50 each. Okay? 
groups of 50. So there was a process. It wasn't just an instant miracle. You think of that, okay, we got to go through all that with 5,000 people, get them all in order, get them in place, get them set up for what God was getting ready to do, this miraculous multiplication. So they go through all that. Everyone sits down, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and he broke them. Then he gave them to his disciples to set before the people. They all ate. They were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Now, how many people would love to be there? Could you imagine just watching one lunch multiply? He, starts, he blesses it. He thanks. He gives thanks. Okay, let's just start there for a moment. Um, so one of the things we've got to understand is giving thanks regardless. Giving thanks in all circumstances. I mean, you, someone without faith could just look at that. This is ridiculous. This is preposterous. We got one lunch. We got 5,000 people. The whole thing is, is, a, is out of control. This is just not going to happen. And, and you, you can, that's what, uh, if we begin to look at situations without thanksgiving, without faith, it can look really bleak, really quick, right? But instead, <clears throat> Jesus, watch this. He gives thanks for what was not enough. He first gave, that's how the whole miracle started. He gave thanks for what was not enough, for just what, he, what they had before them. And we can look in America right now and get like a little freaked out, all that's going down and all the atrocities and are you kidding me and our freedoms, you know, hanging in the balance and all this stuff. But what if we just always, before we <laughs> freak out and address all that, we, we stop and we give thanks for what is not enough. Like, what do we have right now? What's our loaves and fishes that God has put in our hands? We can still preach. We can still teach. We can still, we have food in the grocery stores. We can still drive. Yeah, gas is a little more expensive. But like so many times we can just start griping, right? And, and, and so it's, it's important that we give thanks for what's not enough. Your situation, you go, but I just, you know, this isn't enough to make it through the month. I don't know what's going to happen. Well, I'll tell you what, God knows what's going to happen. And he just wants to see if there's faith in you and in me. Okay, so it starts at that place, um, and then he, he goes on, uh, and he begins to, to break the bread, break the food and, into portions. Of course, it's all distributed to the, the groups of 50 sitting, and it's an extraordinary miracle. Uh, and I just believe that even the picture of this, this, um, this miracle, like if we refuse to be broken, we refuse to be blessed, We, if we refuse to be broken, we refuse to be multiplied. Sometimes the more broken we are, the more multiplied we're going to be. God's going to use us. The bread of life has to be broken to be distributed. Does this make sense? So we have to recognize what we have. Give it to the Lord. He'll... He'll give thanks for it. We'll give thanks for it. He'll break it, and it'll begin to feed multitudes. God wants to, your life to impact many. I really believe that. He's built you for impact. The devil wants to tell you otherwise. You don't matter. You don't count. You're not good enough. But God wants to strengthen you, and sometimes he breaks us down before he builds us up. Okay, but you look at the, the outcome of this story, well, first of all, it's interesting 
It says that they counted the people, and they, they counted 5,000 men. They didn't count the women and children. A lot of people think it was like, you know, 15,000 people or whatever. But, they, you know, back in those days in the you know, Middle East, they'd count the men just like they'd probably do it in Afghanistan right now, tragically. But they didn't count the women or the children. But look who he used, the young boy. So God's going to use people, even if we don't count them, we count them in, count them out, whatever. It doesn't matter what people think. God will use who he's going to use, who's available, who's willing to offer it up, even our broken pieces, even our little lunch. Make sense? So, and I, I think it's, it's astounding. I think it's absolutely cool and prophetic that there's 12 bastic baskets left over I believe representing the 12 disciples that they went through remember the, the miracle was extended through them it's like he gives it and then he used the hands of the disciples the feet of the disciples and everyone has a basket full of impact that God wants to extend through you and, they, and then you got leftovers God, we, we sang about this morning didn't we about overflow he wants you to live a life of overflow you know, there, that there's, there's more than enough. You start out thanking him for not enough, and you're going to end up with more than enough. Woo! Come on, someone. Okay. Brokenness. Point number, what are we on? Two or three? Three. Brokenness sets us up for promotion. You know, I forgot to read our scriptures. I knew I was forgetting something. Sorry about that. But anyways, here's one of our scriptures I had lined up. Uh, Matthew 23, 12 says, For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The words of Jesus. Whoever exalts himself, lifts himself up, will be humbled, made low, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted, will be promoted. We can say it that way too. And so, There's a passage I, I just found. Actually, I'd never really noticed this one before. Uh, it comes from Ezekiel 17.24. You might want to turn there. Ezekiel 17.24. talks about trees. I've been thinking about trees a lot. We've been on an eagle's landing and been cutting down some trees and, you know, making firewood and doing different things and, and doing lots of stuff with wood. And I've been thinking about trees. But let's watch this passage. This is Ezekiel 17.24. It says, all the trees of the field will know that I, the Lord, bring down the tall tree and make the low tree grow tall. I dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken and I will do it. So what's he talking about? It's interesting. You know, we, we were just in the backside of Eagle's Landing and there was a couple trees that were beautiful. If you, if you haven't been there, there's a I call it the tree cathedral, where you just go in there and it's these huge trees. It's, a, it's just a wonderland back there. It's just unbelievable. And you go there and, and there's this canopy of trees and you're just like, you're in there. And I remember a few weeks back, I, I came in and, and like one of the big ones was, had come down. And I was like, whoa, no. I was like, I was thought, this, is, this isn't good. And, and then Roger explains it to me. No, he said, no, that one was dangerous. The whole inside was rotten, rotten out and it was huge and it was going to, it was going to come, come down at some point. So he goes, we had to take it down. So I'm looking at all these trees. And then I look up and I'm like, oh, my cathedral. It's like, you know, because there's a big open heaven. Well, open heaven's good, though, isn't it? Well, there was like, I was used to always the canopy over the whole area. And I was like, 
And he's like, and Roger was like, yeah, don't worry. It'd be like, you know, a year or two, that'll all be filled in because all those other trees, because if you notice in a forest, the trees compete against one another. They're all competing with who can get the sun. And they're like, and like one will overshadow another. And then the other one starts to diminish. And then it's just this, it's kind of like humans a little bit, isn't it? It's like, and, and, but here the Lord here says that all the trees of the field will know that I'm the Lord. I bring down the tall tree and the, so that the low tree can grow. All promotion comes from the Lord. He says he's going to literally dry up a green tree so that he can make the dried tree become green, make the dry tree flourish. So he's the one that even orchestrates the forest. And if you go in there, it's so complex. It's so amazing to look at all these trees and how they all fit and flow together. And one gets strong and healthy. The other one gets uh, diminished by the shade of that one. And then eventually that one falls. And, and, and it's a picture of humanity. And the Lord is in charge of it all, putting, bringing one up, bringing another down. He seats a king. He takes down another king. You watch it throughout or even human history. You watch it through the news. You can see these things people, as governments topple and, and the next one comes up. And, and, and I just want you to understand that the Lord is orchestrating things. All authority is established by the Lord. And he'll put sometimes, you know, a Nebuchadnezzar in to awaken a people, to discipline a people, to break a people. He'll put a madman in. He'll put whatever is needed to be done, God will work, and he's working through it all, and we have to find him in the midst of the atmosphere of our nation. Does this make sense? And we also have to be content with, Lord, when's my turn? When do I, you know, do you want to set me on a on a pedestal in any way? Not that we should desire that, but in the sense of when... Can I rise and shine? When can I have impact? When is my turn? And we have to trust the Lord. It's the Lord who brings one down and puts another one up. And we have to be ready for that promotion. And, and partly being ready is that spirit of brokenness. I mean, does he want to entrust uh, promotion to a haughty spirit that's just going to take it all on themselves? And the scary thing is, as humans, we don't really know what's in us until we get tested. I've seen so many, when I worked in the music industry, I've seen so many people, just humble singers. I just want to sing about Jesus, you know. I'm from, I'm from Nebraska, and I was, you know, my grandma said I was a good singer. I came to Nashville, I just, I just want to sing about Jesus, you know. You know, and all of a sudden they get the deal, they get something, a little notoriety, a little attention, da, da, da. I, I meet them three years later, and they're just like this, ah, turn into this music monster, like, you know. Give me this, give me that, and the, the ego, the attitude. The whole thing. Wait, weren't you that humble little one that stumbled in here one day, you know, missing one string on your guitar, you know? It's like, what? I mean, we don't know who we are, but that's why it's best to fall prostrate before God and say, God, Lord, I want to be a broken, contrite spirit, Lord. That's who you're attracted to. That's who you promote. That's who God feels safe around. He makes his home with the lowly. Remember we read that? That's, he says, I live in the lofty place in the most heavenly zone, but I also, I dwell with the contrite and the lowly and the broken. That's where he's comfortable, in the, in the stable, in the manger, in those places, those humble places. And, and if our, our countenance and our temper, temperance and our character and all this stuff is ready, then he says, now I dare promote him or her. Because it's a, it's a risky thing to, to promote a human. You think it's just Satan? It goes to his head where all of a sudden he says, hey, I will ascend the throne of God. He starts competing with God, the worship leader of heaven. 
Start saying, wait a sec, give me some of that. I want some of that attention. And so we, we you know, we, this, this contrite, broken spirit is so important that we embrace it and say, God, I want to walk in this place. And it's up to you to, to promote. You know, you think of uh, Luke chapter 18, 9, where Jesus tells the, the story of the Pharisee and the, and the publican. And there's these two men. And the Pharisee, they're, they're in the temple there's a tax collector, and uh, they come to pray in the temple. There's a Pharisee and a tax collector. And verse 11, 18 11 says, The Pharisee stood and was praying this to himself. Interesting. You hear that? He's praying to himself. <laughs> Interesting. Anyways, let's see what the Pharisee said. God, I thank you that I am not like other people, swindlers, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector, I fast twice a week, and I pay tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing some distance away, was, un, was even unwilling to lift his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus says this, I tell you, I tell you, this man went to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. Wow, what a story. So only one man was justified. The one who was distraught over his own sin and calling on God for, for his mercy. Not the other one. It was all puffed up, praying to himself, making a big display. Yeah, he might have paid, paid his tithes like he said he did, but it didn't impress God. Okay, now the last part, I want to, so that's, I'm just not going to go further on that, but brokenness sets you up for promotion from the Lord himself, which is the only true promotion that lasts, that's healthy and good. Okay, the last one I want to, I had an interesting dream this morning that kind of, the Lord began to speak to me about this. So I had this dream, and it was Harvest Sound. It was kind of our team, and we were getting ready for a conference. And, um, and so we're getting ready. We got some music. We got some teaching. We got, you know, all this stuff lined up. And but I knew in the, in the dream that we were getting ready. We thought it was like a kid's conference, like children and maybe some teenagers. So we are getting ready for all that. Like, and then all these adults started coming in, like one after another. I'm like looking, you know, I'm looking. We're all looking at each other going, this isn't what we expect. This is, not, this is not what we prepared for. And then more and more adults, and there was like maybe two teenagers of the whole batch. I'm like, it's like, what is going on here? So I'm just, this is me living this dream. And then um, the Lord began, and then so I wake up, and that's basically all it was, was just confusion of like, why were we preparing to, to equip children? And then adults all show up, and we, I don't know the outcome of, beyond that, but I remember just asking the Lord after this dream, like, what is that all about? And the Lord uh, began to speak to me saying that he wants the adults to be equipped to be children. So he brought the adults in. And brokenness, watch this, brokenness reveals a childlike spirit. It, it actually allows you to stay childlike. It, it, we, we get, see, something happens to us as adults. We start adulting. You know, I, I'm all for taking responsibility and, you know, there's maturity. And the, but there's a dark side. There's a downside to it, too, um, where we just get this 
kind of hardened, crusty shell of an, an adult all around us. Kind of, a, and we can be a know-it-all or we can be a numb-it-all. You know, and 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 it's it's not attractive to the Lord. It's like we, it's like an old wineskin. It's like we go to a certain point and then we just start to. We, we won't stretch anymore. We won't grow. We won't flow with him. And, the, and those, he says that those old wineskins are just ready to burst. They're not going to go very far with the Lord. They either have to be renewed or you have to have a new one. And so I, I just feel like there's something about the Lord, you know, the, and I just started thinking of these passages that brokenness reveals a childlike spirit. I started thinking of these passages where Jesus himself talks about, about being childlike. And first he says, Luke 18, 17 says, I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter into it. Will never enter. Unless we, I mean, talk about, is this important maybe? That we get this concept. What is he saying? That he says, anyone who will not, I mean, that means anyone means everyone, right? Who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter into it. So the adulting doesn't really work before the Lord when in the entrance of the Lord. He said there's something he's looking for, a childlike spirit. And we can go on about what, you know, what does it mean to be childlike? We'll talk about that in a second. But, but also uh, Jesus says in uh, Matthew 18, 4, says, Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child, he has this child in his hand as an example, object lesson, this, this child, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So there's something about the childlike spirit that gets you in for one and makes you great in the kingdom for two. How important is this that we get this, that we become this? Um, Mark 5:39. He, um, this is when a, a, a child was was dying and they had asked him to come and 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 uh, you know heal the child or resurrect the child in this case. And he, and he comes in and he says, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. And I believe that there's a lot of commotion and wailing in the body of Christ right now because the, the, the child is, is not dead. The, the, the spirit man, the childlike spirit man in many believers is not dead, but it's certainly asleep. And God's saying, this is causing a lot of confusion because we're not a childlike people. We don't have childlike faith. We've, we've, we've taken matters into our own hands. We've built church in our own way. And those who, who, who build in their own way labor in vain. And, and so there's a, a lot of commotion. There's wailing. There's frustration. There's confusion in the body of Christ right now. And the Lord comes and he says, this child is not dead, but certainly is asleep. And then the Lord is the remedy, the resurrection life. He raises that child. And I believe that for, that's a word for all of us right now. There's, we, we get so headstrong. We think we got it going on. We don't know what it's like to really walk in a contrite spirit, broken before God, allowing him to be our all in all. And so God's saying, I want to awaken that sleeping child in each of us. You started off like that. We all start with that first love tenderness, right? We all start like that. The tenderness, the first works, and the, I'm so grateful to be, I can't believe I'm forgiven of my sins and washed in the blood. I got a new beginning. It doesn't get any better than this. Do you know Jesus? It starts so simple and so tender, and then we, we, it, we, it goes to our head, and we start, to, we start to think too much, or we've been through too much, or we're just checking out or numbing out, or the disappointments. We don't know how to, to renew the old wine skin. We don't know how to get fresh again. Does this make sense? And so he says, 
And whoever welcomes, uh, Matthew 18, 5, whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. And I feel like this morning the Lord says, I want you to welcome the little child. You'll be welcoming me. That childlike spirit. Whoever welcomes a child welcomes me. And it's time to welcome the child, the spirit man, the fresh, attentive spirit man, the wide-eyed wonder child, the child that believes father can do anything. We don't have to figure it all out. The child that, that will give up a lunch. Is this making sense? Because, you know, the worries of this life, he says, that's what chokes out the, 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 the spiritual life of the vine. When the seeds are planted, it says, the worries of this life, and watch this, the deceitfulness of riches and pleasures chokes out our fruitfulness in the kingdom. But children are, are ever growing. They're not choked out. You look at them once, and you look at them six months later, you're like, whoo, you, man, you're growing. They keep growing. They keep growing. And I feel like there's something about God just wants to, I don't even know exactly how to get there, how to be that child, because I can feel that adult thing, that crusty thing come on me, and I'm like, Ugh, I don't like this. I'm not happy. Get it off me. I'm worried. I'm fearful. I'm, you know, and, and it's like the God wants to keep us fresh. Does this make sense? Yeah. Do I keep saying that? Does this make sense? Maybe also, y'all, y'all, need, to, y'all need to shout at me every once in a while. Like, let, let me it's like, like, like the old preacher says, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. <laughs> All right. So we're going to take a moment. Do we got a keyboard? Yeah, look at that. Thank you, Kelly. We're going to take a moment. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go there. We're going to get this. <laughs> we're going to get this broken. This is part three, guys. We've been digging deep, right? We've been going there. Woo! Man, if God could have a broken, humble, contrite people, he can do anything. There's no resistance. See, I think a lot of times it's like he's afraid to, to, to release the breakthroughs, to, to release the, the timing's not right. Why? Because we're not right. We got ish. So, Lord, I just pray as we begin to come before you. Let's just begin to pray. Let's stir up intercession. Because God really wants to promote you. He wants to bless you. He wants that breakthrough, that impact that he's designed you for. But there is a process. And if we understand it and we humble ourselves, we can get there. And I believe we can even speed up the process by aligning with the Holy Spirit, by aligning with His principles and His ways. going to read those passages that Jesus spoke about. The child, childlike spirit. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter into it. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. He went in He says to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me.
Jesus, we come to you this morning. Lord, our ways are not your ways. But we want to learn of you, Lord. We want to be attentive. sacrifices of God are a broken spirit a broken and contrite heart oh God you will not despise you will not despise you're attracted to the to the lowly to the broken to the meek to the humble this is the one I esteem says the Lord he who is humble and contrite in spirit and, and who trembles at my word and who trembles at my This is the one I highly value. He who is humble and contrite in spirit, who trembles. I live in a high and holy place, but also with him who is contrite and lowly in spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. us, Lord, those who need strengthening this morning as we humble ourselves before you, Lord. As we take your yoke upon us and learn from you, for you are gentle and humble in heart. We find rest for our souls. We find rest. no rest in the world's ways and the competition of the world the survival of the strong that are taken down like trees come and go the ways of this world us understanding, Lord. If you've been here this morning and you just feel like the worries of this world are comparing yourselves to the riches or desiring the pleasures of this world, if that's been stifling you or competing with the purity and simplicity of your devotion to Christ, just renounce it so that you'll stay fruitful. Nothing can choke you out. Jesus. Thank you, Father.